Hello for the Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So Josh just sent over an article about small business bankruptcies. And the punchline here is we haven't seen these types of numbers since the depths of the Cervasa sickness. Let's get right over into the Wall, the, uh, Wall Street Journal, excuse me, and check this out. The title of this article, Small Business Bankruptcies Rising at Worst Pace Since Pandemic. New signs of economic distress signal no soft landing for many entrepreneurs. And the first thing that I want to do is encourage you to think about this story in terms of the, the differences between the real economy and the financial economy. And we talk about that on this channel all the time, but we just look at the stock market or a lot of Americans just look at the stock market and we see that going up and up and up and up. And we just assume that's the economy. Well, the economy's on fire. The, the stock market's close to all time highs. And by the way, it's crashing today by like 500 points, but we'll talk about that on a separate video. But you guys see this all the time, I'm sure, with your friends and family member Freds. You'll sit there and say, hey, look, you know, we got this inversion of the curve. We've got all these things that George talks about on the Rebel Capitals channel. Like, what are you talking about? That George guy's on crack. He's just fear-mongering. <laughs> the stock market's almost at all-time highs. So, and, and to be fair, back in the day, there was a strong correlation because the economy was made up of these businesses. And these businesses were listed on the stock exchange. So you would assume the better the economy is doing, the better the businesses are doing. Therefore, their profits are increasing. The revenues are increasing. And that's reflected in their share price. That's how it should work. But unfortunately, as you guys know, that's completely divorced from reality <laughs> now in 2023. And pretty much as of the GFC. Really, I mean, this goes back quite a ways. And I think you could probably argue that it goes back even into the late 90s and the quote-unquote Greenspan era. But getting back to this article specifically, I think we need to look at this through the framework of understanding that the economy is average Joe and Jane's. It's small businesses. It's small and mid-sized business. It's not Google. It's not Facebook. It, I would argue it's not even Tesla. Really, these gi giant mega corporations, you know, Pfizer <laughs> and uh, and uh, it, I mean, just pick them, right? Go through the S&P 500 and there's like seven or eight of these mega cap companies that uh, pretty much make up the good majority of the S&P 500. And we just think that S if the S&P 500 is going up, which basically is these seven or eight companies, then that means the whole entire world is just on fire and doing amazing, or at least the U.S. domestic economy. And uh, you guys know that that's complete nonsense. But So when you scratch beneath the surface, is my point, and you get past the Googles and the Facebooks and the Amazons and the Apples, and then you look at what's happening with the small and mid-sized businesses, we see that bankruptcies, again, worst pace since the pandemic. Small business bankruptcy filings are rising this year, signal that increased interest rates, tighter lending standards, higher operating costs are, and let's also discuss the elephant in the room here. The government shut the economy down for a year. They locked everyone in a cage. What did you expect? So just to, I don't want to throw them under the bus, the Wall Street Journal, too much because later on in the article, they do talk about, hey, all this pandemic stuff, we're starting to see the results of it now. 
as far as the government policies to the Cervasa sickness. I always say it wasn't necessarily the Cervasa sickness. It was the government's policies. It was the government's distortions of the economy as a result of what they were doing to, you know, to, to save us from, well, we won't go down that rabbit hole, but to save us from what they deemed is a quote unquote pandemic. Now, getting back to the article here, they give a specific example. Um, and uh, actually, let me keep reading here. At the same time, the government aid programs that helped entrepreneurs through the survey sickness pandemic or the government's response to the pandemic have ended. Greet, and they give an example here, Bright House Green Home Cleaning in Nashville, Tennessee filed to reorganize its debt under federal bankruptcy law this year. Demand for commercial and residential cleaning services rebounded slowly from the pandemic. Increases in their labor costs have been difficult to pass on. Customers are slow to pay their bills, said owner Jason Adkins. Now, you may say, okay, George, well, they're having to, you know, they're having to reorganize their debt. So it's going to be the bank that's going to be taking the haircut there. Uh, actually, you would be wrong because the debt that they're referring to is the federal loan that they got during the Cerveza sickness. And we see that throughout the rest of this article. This gentleman is the, the CEO, I believe. So they say nearly 1,500 small businesses filed for Chapter V bankruptcy, which is new to me. I, I just, I when I was an entrepreneur, it was all about Chapter Seven or Chapter Eleven, but Chapter V, I think, is something that they just came out with in 2020. They, the government, bankruptcy petitions are just one sign of financial stress. Small business loan delinquencies and defaults have edged upward since June 2022 and are now above pre-pandemic averages, according to Equifax. They say 52% of the respondents believe the country is approaching a recession. So when you sit there and talk to Amazon or Apple, they're like, recession? What are you talking about? Our profits are booming, right? When you look at these mega corporations and therefore the average Joe and Jane, they just look at Apple. They just look at Google. They just look at the S&P 500 and assume that's the whole economy. When you actually talk to the entrepreneurs that are the engine of growth, for our economy, right here, 52% of them say, no, we're going into recession. And do you think that they believe this just because of what they're seeing on the TV? Maybe some of them, but I think most of them come to this conclusion because of what they see in their store every single day. And this would be declining traffic and declining revenues. Still needed, uh, going getting back to the article, still needed capital is more expensive. So they're talking about that, this is pretty much a perfect storm for these uh, entrepreneurs because they're seeing their profits, their revenues decline. Uh, they're seeing definitely their profits decline because revenues are declining, plus their expenses are going up. So it's very difficult for them to pass on those higher input costs to the consumer. But in addition to that, another input cost that is increasing is the cost of capital. The Fed's raising rates. So getting back to the Wall Street Journal article here, still needed capital is more expensive to access and can be difficult to obtain. Small businesses have fewer options for raising capital than big companies. So this is another thing that uh, Snyder talks about all the time. He says, okay, just because money's cheap, it doesn't mean that it's loose. It may be cheap and loose for Apple, but it sure ain't cheap or it sure isn't uh, loose. It sure isn't readily available for the laundry mat that is on the corner. And I'm not saying that interest rates are at 0% or cheap right now. Historically, they're about normal. But even if the Fed were to drop rates, that assumes that that dry cleaner on the corner that really needs to, to, to get that cash infusion, to get that capital, it assumes they're going to be able to get it at a much lower interest rate. And that isn't necessarily true. A lot of times, in fact, if the interest rates are going down, 
it's a result of money being extremely tight, even though it's very loose for the Googles and the Amazons of the world. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. The way Snyder said it at Rebel Capitalist Live when he did his presentation there, he goes, interest rates can be at zero. But the effective interest rate or the dry cleaner on the corner is their interest rates effectively infinity because they just literally can't get a loan. 73% of small businesses reported that rising interest rates were having a negative impact on their business. Again, 73% of small businesses. That, that's a huge number. They say that rising wages are another challenge, and this goes back to what we were just talking about, where their input costs are going up and up and up, but they can't Hey, they can't pass those higher costs onto the consumer because their gross revenues are going down. And so we're talking about how we're seeing the bankruptcies increase at the fastest pace since the Cervasa sickness. But let's also remember that just because a business is in financial duress, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're filing bankruptcy. So right here, they point out in this article, more than 90% of businesses, small businesses closures occur outside of a bankruptcy. So if bankruptcies are going up at their fastest pace since the Cervasa sickness, we have to realize that that only captures 10% of the businesses that are actually closing. Government aid programs such as uh, Cervasa sickness disaster loans helped keep many small businesses out of bankruptcy during the pandemic. The disaster loans, 30-year term, 3.75 interest rate made them an attractive source of financing, but paying off the debt has been difficult. Yeah, so think about this. Let's just assume that the government locks you in a cage and forces you to close down your store. So you have to take on debt. Okay, great. Well, you survive, but now when you open back your up your store, you have an additional cost. Who knows how much you had to borrow? Maybe you had to borrow, let's say, a million dollars. So now you've got to make those payments every single month that you didn't have before. And this is on a business that already had razor thin margins. So it's not like you, oh, hey, we're back up or we're open for business. And even if business goes back to 2019, it's not like you can keep your doors open because you have this additional cost of the debt that even at 3.75% is a huge burden because you didn't have it before and you got those razor thin margins. So here, a lot of these business owners, they say, are pointing out the fact that they're barely hanging in there. But they say that, you know, whenever they turn on the TV, whenever they look at the news, they say, oh, it's back to normal. It's back to normal. But they're saying, not in my business, not with my friends, not with my family members. It's not back to normal. 
And again, this makes sense because when we look at quote unquote back to normal, we're looking at the Apples and the Googles of the world. We're looking at the S&P 500, but that isn't representative of the majority of the businesses in the real economy. So here's a chart specifically what they're talking about. This is the number of bankruptcies uh, per year. So the gold is 2023. And you can see that so far we've had as many bankruptcies just in uh, by September as we had um, in 2020 and 2021. So we're getting very close and we might have already exceeded it because obviously these numbers aren't in real time but we might've already exceeded what we had in 2022, which, you know what? I think they pointed out in the article that that is actually the case. And uh, some anecdotal evidence before we get to that statistic, Robert Gonzalez, a bankruptcy attorney in Nashville, said he's now getting four times as many calls as he did a year ago from small businesses considering a bankruptcy filing. Keep in mind, only 10% of businesses that close actually file for bankruptcy. Other entrepreneurs struggled uh, when the survey sickness surge in demand proved short-lived. Another thing we've talked about at nauseum on this channel, it's the bullwhip effect. Remember how many times on the whiteboards as well. It's this idea that the entrepreneurs, they don't watch the George Gammon channel. They don't understand macroeconomics. So they see the demand just skyrocket and they think it's just because they've got a great product and they think that that demand is going to be there forever. And they've got to satisfy that demand. So they do what? They hire more and more and more employees, not understanding that, that demand is only temporary. It's a short-term sugar rush. Again, some of the economic distortions provided by the government. Here's another example. Orlando, Florida area trucking company paid high prices for some trucks. As the cost of new and used vehicles climbed in response to the Cervasa sickness demand, the company believed demand would remain strong. Of course, why wouldn't they? Why would they not assume that demand had reached a, a, a higher level and would stay there. Of course, I if look, I think back to before 2012 when I retired, when I was an entrepreneur, I would have thought the exact same thing. He said, but shipping rates have fallen by roughly 50% and fuel insurance costs have climbed. So think about that. You Again, we're going back to this idea that a lot of these mainstream economists have that, oh, rising input costs, who cares? That's just going to lead to more inflation because these businesses are just going to pass that on to the consumer. No, at a certain point, the consumer's tapped out. Therefore, they cannot increase their prices, and therefore, their margins get squeezed down to zero. And when your margins get squeezed down to zero, or in this case, negative, that means you're out of business. This is what a lot of these mainstream economists and the talking heads on CNBC just don't really understand. They haven't thought through. I mean, that dog don't hunt. When your revenue has dropped by, fit, or at least the shipping rates, so I would assume their revenue has dropped by 50%, but yet your input costs have gone up. That's, you're done. You're done. And unfortunately, this is what we see happening all throughout the economy. They go back to this Bright House example they used in the first paragraph. The residential commercial cleaning company revenue plunged by as much as 80% in 2020. Thank you, government. Government aid then, so the government here, Again, arsonist and firefighter. They say, hey, shut down your business. We're going to lock everyone in a cage. So that's the arsonist. But then they say, oh, but we're going to give you this loan that you have to pay back. <laughs> that's the firefighter. But now these businesses have declining revenues, but they still have the burden of having to pay back the debt. All right, there you go. Some bad news for small businesses. 
and mid-sized businesses in the United States economy. But look, we go back to the surveillance sickness and the government shutting the whole economy down. And you had you you couldn't you, you couldn't be delusional enough to assume that that wouldn't have some negative consequences down the road. And now, unfortunately, we're having to pay the fiddler. That's the bottom line here. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. If you want to see more of the most important recent stories we have discussed right here on this channel, Josh will put them in a playlist right about here, and we'll see you on the next video.